So why is the resurrection important? Why is it that the Romans were willing to post a guard in case they saw Je- in case the disciples came and rescued Jesus? Why is it that the Jews were willing to pay money to the soldiers to keep to tell to get them to tell a lie? We fell asleep. We don't know what happened. Why is it that the disciples could not believe in the resurrection? Well, actually, on this Easter morning, the resurrection of itself actually isn't that important. Of itself. I met a guy down Deptford High Street in London, and uh, he was pastor of a church, and we were chatting. And uh, <coughs> he said, Do you know, a couple of weeks ago, a family lost a husband and a father, and uh, he died in the hospital, and they took him down to the morgue. But the family didn't believe that he should be dead. So they sort of went to the hospital and said, we want to pray for our, for our father, we want to pray for our husband. And so they went there and they prayed for him in the morgue. And they created administrative chaos because his death certificate had all been signed and suddenly he came back to life. A resurrection. Some of us, pre-COVID, went to a meeting in Solihull and there was a guy there (coughs) and he was preaching and he'd seen five or six people rise from the dead. He'd seen it. It hurts some of us to hear that sort of thing, that it's possible. And actually, why did the disciples struggle with Jesus rising from the dead? They'd seen at least three resurrections from the dead. And one of them had been dead for four days, an extra day longer. Lazarus. Why was this resurrection so important? It's because, as a resurrection, it wasn't that important. I've read accounts of revivals where actually at one point, the elders of the church had to say to the young people, we want you to stop praying for the dead. Because you are raising people from the dead who actually would prefer to be dead. They've lived long enough and they're getting a little bit knocked (laughs) that you're coming back. This was back in the um, late 50s, early 60s in a part of Africa where the youth group was so enthusiastic. Anyone died, they went and prayed for them and the people were waking up knocked. The most mysterious story I've heard is actually our daughter-in-laws who had a relative who died in hospital. (laughs) He knows he's dead. He, He knows God. He gets to heaven and says, actually, you shouldn't have died today. You've got another 24 hours. 
and woke up. Phoned all his family, said, come quickly, I've got something to tell you. I'm going to die in 24 hours. Yeah, but you've been dead once. <laughs> and they had a great time hearing the story of God. Resurrection is not so unusual. It's unusual to us, it would certainly be unusual for me. <clears throat> but this resurrection is only important because it is part of a much bigger plan of God. And as I was thinking about today, <coughs> don't like going through the technicalities of preparing a sermon, but basically this is the fourth one I've prepared for today. And this was last <coughs> while I slept this tonight, last night. How did Jesus talk about his resurrection? Well, it's interesting when you read the story, um, the account of him meeting the, on the road to Emmaus, the two disciples who are just sort of, Jesus comes up alongside them and he, they start bemoaning the fact that this prophet has died, da 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 da, -da and uh, he says to them this, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. See, the resurrection is only important. It only, only works when you put it into the whole plan of God. Because the plan of God was he created a world for humanity to live. And humanity, human beings, are the very capstone of God's creation. Slight sideline here, dogs and cats aren't. Just because, particularly in Britain, pets can become so much like little humans. Actually, it is humans that are all important in God's plan of salvation. And no, I don't know whether dogs and cats will be in heaven. <coughs> Although I've got a pretty good idea that the only cat that we've had will not be in heaven. <laughs> God's plan was a magnificent creation cat topped with humanity a group of people that could have a relationship with him, a group of people who could choose to, to, to be obedient to him, to love him, to serve him. But we chose to step aside from him. Now, we don't understand the beginning of evil. What we do know is that evil overpowered us and took us out of relationship with God and into a pathway, a pathway that leads to the world we live in today. A world of economic crisis, a world of warfare, a world where the world is not treated correctly because we gave up our position of being beside God. But God chose not to leave us in that position. He chose not to leave us with guilt, 
with shame, with a debt owing to him. He had a plan whereby he was going to send a perfect human being to carry the burden of our shame, our guilt, our debt. And that is what makes this resurrection important. And Jesus began with Moses. And we looked um, a couple of Wednesdays ago at the Passover meal, this great escape from Egypt where the, where the people of Israel had come down to Egypt as one family and they'd multiplied into this nation. And now they were enslaved. They were ruled by this tyrant. And it's a picture of our lives as humans without God. We are ruled by a tyrant, one who oppresses us, one who longs to make us serve only his purposes. And God stepped in on the people of Israel and he judged that nation. And he said to the people of Israel, take a lamb, a perfect lamb. Take its blood and sprinkle the blood on your doorposts. Then, then be behind the door and the angel of death will sweep through and you will leave Egypt in a miraculous way and you will become a free people. And it's a picture of our Easter story. Then they went into <coughs> the desert. They went through the Red Sea into the desert and there God taught them all about sacrifices and taught them that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness for sin. And all the story was pointing forward. There was going to be a shedding of blood that would deal with sin. But the multitude of bulls and goats and pigeons and lambs, none of their blood could cleanse us on the inside. <clears throat> and then you move to prophets like Daniel in chapter 2 and verse 44 where a mighty king has had this dream of a golden statue with gold, silver, bronze clay, metal and clay and then this tiny little rock cut out of a mountain but not by human hands comes and crushes this huge statue and this little rock builds a kingdom that cannot be shaken, is not overpowered, and will outrule all the other nations of the world. And he's talking about what Jesus is going to bring into the world. The picture of the great king, the king that rode in on the donkey, fulfilling a 600-year-old prophecy, a king who will come. But then you have Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. The servant that there's just nothing in his looks that people think, hey, there's a handsome guy. A guy who will suffer immeasurable pain and suffering in obedience to God. 
Ezekiel 36 that talks about the cleansing of the heart and a new heart being given to an individual. Psalm 51 and a cry for mercy that humanity cries. Joel 2:28 and the day of the Lord and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The overarching plan of God for humanity that begins with his creation of us, our choosing to be away from him and his rescue plan. The resurrection is a vital part of God's plan. Jesus is coming as both God and man. Jesus living as a sinless individual as God and man. Jesus teaching his disciples Jesus performing miracles. Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus beginning to talk to his disciples as we've sort of uh, looked at over the last few Sundays and on the Wednesdays. The confusion, the lack of understanding as he tried to teach them. I must go to Jerusalem. I must suffer. I must die and I will rise from the dead. The disciples grappling with what? What's don't understand it. I, I can't. It's like sometimes I say to people, I understand every individual word you've said, but I haven't got a clue what you've just told me. It was like that for the disciples. They, could, they couldn't grasp it. And even after he rose from the dead, they were like, yeah, maybe. It's like Thomas. You've seen Jesus? He's risen from the dead? Yes. Well, okay, once I've seen the marks on his hands, then I will believe. One of the problems for the disciples was, yes, they had seen people being raised from the dead, but it was Jesus that did it. It was Jesus that went to Lazarus's tomb and commanded him to come out. But Jesus was in the grave. Who was going to raise him? Who was going to say of Jesus, your death was wrong. You had no need to go to the cross. I will rise, raise you from the dead. Jesus wasn't there for the disciples, but in heaven, God was there. We will never know the depth of the pain, suffering, and anguish of the Father and the Son as Jesus took our sin, our guilt, our shame on himself and was so separated from the Father. We will never know the true pain of that. What we know and what we celebrate today 
is the Father looked on Jesus. And because the Father is God, rose Jesus from the dead by his mighty power. Sin and death and Satan and all his hordes had no claim on Jesus. And Jesus was powerful enough and clean enough to take our shame, our pain, our suffering and come out of it alive and out of the tomb. The resurrection is important because of the story of God's plan. And that is one of the reasons it is great to celebrate Easter. But it's better to celebrate Easter every day. It is better to celebrate Easter every day. Because every day of our lives as Christians, we are enjoying the fruit of Jesus' death and his resurrection. Later on, we'll look at his ascension and all that that pour brings to us in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 12. Verse, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then the Twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. The resurrection is important because Jesus' death is important, because Jesus' coming was important, because his ascension into heaven is important, because the building of the kingdom of God is important. What can we gain? Firstly, in a world that is always turning upside down, <coughs> I was re I'm, I'm reading at the moment Samuel Pepys's diary, which is a 10-year diary, so I've given myself 10 years to read it. <coughs> and it's just interesting. Sort of a few months in, the plague hits. I was reading it just as COVID hit. <laughs> And uh, they're in lockdown <laughs> back in the 16th century. And uh, it's interesting, in the early days, I've got to say, their reports of people's deaths were far more accurate than our reports in the modern day. So he would report at the end of the week, 1,500 people died of the plague this week in our part of London, um, 220 died of natural causes. <laughs> just interesting it's like hey i watch what's the news and it's like this many people died of covid but nothing else this was this many people died of the plague this many people died of natural causes and uh then you sort of go through the plague 
And they get through that, and well, they're getting through it, and suddenly the Great Fire of London hits. And you're suddenly getting everyone having, ha ha ha, what's happening to all my possessions? Where's all my gold going to go? And um, he has a couple of weeks where he's just trying to organise the removing of his furniture from his house in, Lon in sort of centre London down to Greenwich in the hope that he'll be able to... And it's, it's like that. And then it's all about why are our leaders so interested in just themselves? In this case, it was, if only the king would stop looking after himself and think about us, it sort of resonates a bit, doesn't it? And then, it's like, we're all panic-stricken because we think the French are going to invade us. And then we think the Dutch are going to invade us. And it's like, roars and rumours of wars. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, this is just like today. And we can think sometimes that the world has turned upside down, but it's been turning upside down since the very beginning when we rejected God. There's some good periods, but there's never good periods across the whole world. Always. Wars, rumours of wars, famines, Earthquakes, natural disasters, they're all part of what comes with our rejection of God. But we know that over it all, God is in control. And we know because he promised in the very early days that someone would crush Satan's head. And we see it in the resurrection as Jesus comes up and, as we've heard earlier, made a public spectacle of all the enemies of God. He stood up and said, I won. You put me in the grave. You poured out sin on me. God poured out his punishment on me. But I overcame it all because I am the Son of God, pure, spotless, holy. The grave could not hold me. My Father raised me in power. God is in control. It teaches us that Christianity is about sacrifice. One of the things that is sort of seems to be sweeping through Christianity at the moment as we do seek to come out of COVID and all that the sort of particularly mental health issues that that has caused, there's a lot of stuff about let's just be kind to ourselves. Let's be gentle. Now, that, a lot of that is good. But thankfully, Jesus didn't say, well, hang on a minute, God. I'm just going to be kind to myself here and I'll ignore the cross. I'll just go round it. He battled. Blood poured from his face. Well, droplets poured, came from his face. He said, God, I don't want to do this. But your will be done and we follow in his footsteps and I think particularly our churches in the west have to relearn the value of sacrifice because the next thing it teaches us the resurrection is about our life is about obedience to the will of God 
Jesus left the glory of heaven to be born of a virgin, to live as a carpenter, knowing poverty, later on knowing mockery and suffering. But he was obedient to God. And the resurrection teaches us about sacrifice and obedience. <clears throat> but the resurrection also teaches us about hope and joy. Because it says of Jesus, he endured all of the cross for the joy that was set before him. The joy of seeing you and me gathered here this Sunday celebrating his glory, his greatness, his power and his victory. The joy of knowing, walking with you at work, at school, at college, in retirement, in the shops, caring for children and grandchildren. The joy of knowing each and every one of us. It is about hope because we know Jesus was exalted to the highest place because of his obedience. We may have to sacrifice, we may know obedience, but like Jesus, we will know the resurrection power that comes with that, and we will know the glory that is to follow. The resurrection also teaches us that Christianity is about eternity. This ain't it, folks. We have much, much more to look forward to. To seeing Jesus as he truly is, as seeing God as he truly is, as living on a new heaven and a new earth that is perfect, unspoiled, as it was meant to be in the beginning. The resurrection teaches us that God is in control. Our lives are about sacrifice, obedience, hope, joy and eternity. So much of it is about where we focus our minds. Do we focus on the here and now? If Jesus had done that, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. But he focused on the glories that were to follow. And an obedience he went through. We'll never quite know. I don't think even in heaven probably. What Jesus did when he died on the cross. What we do know is what we have gained through his resurrection and his victory over sin and death. Let us be those that walk in the plans and purposes of God, seeing the big picture of life, celebrating, yes, celebrating when we can the birth of Jesus, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, but living daily in the wonder and the majesty and the power that his resurrection has won for us. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you that Jesus is seated in the very highest place. We thank you that he has all authority in heaven and earth. We thank you that we are his disciples. We thank you that we are his servants. We thank you that we are his brothers and sisters. You have made us that. We thank you for all Jesus has achieved for us through his resurrection.
And we ask you, Father, we ask you to open our eyes that we might continue day by day to walk in the joy, the obedience, the sacrifice, the hope of the resurrection that has been given to us. Amen.